This is an Area Code podcast. Welcome back to Video Game Feelings. We have a uh, very special bonus episode today. This is actually our first bonus episode. I want to try these a little bit more, like as we go, to try and delve into topics that are a little bit outside the scope of what video game feelings typically is, which is people talking about how they feel when they play video games. You should know that season two is coming up. We are working on it now. We have a couple interviews in the can, a couple lined up, and uh, I'm just really excited about it. I think you'll be excited about it too. This episode, we're talking about board games with Eric Silver. He's the host of uh, the aptly named Games and Feelings podcast. This is a podcast that may sound similar to video game feelings, but it's actually pretty distinct in a lot of ways. In in a lot of good ways, I think. It has an advice column approach, so if you listen to Dear Prudence or My Brother, My Brother and Me, it's a lot like that. One of the coolest things about that show is that they talk about video games and board games. That's why I wanted to have Eric on the show to talk about board games. interview just talking to Eric a little bit about the difference between video games and board games in particular like how the barrier to entry tends to be really different how it's a lot easier to sit down and play a video game by yourself than get a crowd together and set up all the pieces and explain all the rules and just like create a nice situation where you can play board games well so we started talking about that yeah, it's funny. I like how you set that up. Kind of like I do kind of f- figure it to be a continuum and I've thought about this in terms of like what kind of medium it is, right? Yeah. A video game is so much more like a movie or a TV show. How you're like I need to interact with it and this is the way it is and I need to and I'm going to poke the buttons and I'm going to read it and I'm going to digest it and then my own analysis is going to come out. But the the author cannot step through the, the the fourth wall and tell me anything about it. It is a singular uh-huh. work, right? Yep. Is like that's why I think about The Last of Us so much. How much they 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 need to beat you over the head that violence is bad after you played a shooter for like forty minute forty hours. They need to get those themes across. And someone apparently video games are art. I thought they were games, but they can also be art. I guess <laughs> fine. That's fine. Whatever, right? <laughs> but like as you go kind of down the continuum of imagination. Then it becomes more of an more of a collaborative artistic process. Yes. Here's a question I want to ask, and I always ask it these in these episodes, which is what what board game have you been playing, and how does that game make you feel? So I spend a lot of time like <laughs> I have a lot of feelings because I love games. Uh-huh. I love games. I think I think setting up a set of rules to get people to have fun and compete is like. The most fun thing you can do. And I just had yep. my bachelor party and there was a game within the game at my games themed bachelor party. Like you could get <laughs> points doing stuff and then it was all all get tallied up and there were like rules and and, and alliances and like twists and things. So I love games and, yeah. and coming up with thoughtful ways for everyone to compete and have fun. I think the board games that have blown my mind the most and being like, wow, you are really doing the thing. 
that I want you to be doing right now mm-hmm. is Betray All the House of the Hill and uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse. Both of them, I think, is, and I think the best board games and tabletop RPGs do this, is yeah. form following function. I'm going to do something very specific for you to have this specific experience, which you're going to love and enjoy and and replay forever. Right. Betray All in the House of the Hill is a board game that recreates horror movies. Mm-hmm. The way that it works is that it you you you're exploring a house. You like choose a, a choose a, a character who has a certain number of stats, right? You might have like four strength. Uh, it's been a while. I cannot remember what it is, but it's like, and then you have like three. It's like not constitution, but it's like ability to be scared. And then you have like smarts. You have like four stats. So each one of your characters, and you go through and you explore a haunted house, which is um, you flip over tiles, which kind of reveal. Um, different rooms and give you events and etc. Eventually, you you are going to have these things called haunt, uh, like they're haunt symbols. And eventually, mm-hmm. there is a the haunt happens about halfway through the game, and yeah. that's when a very specific horror movie thing happens, and then it becomes a cooperative game. It is usually uh-huh. like the 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 enemy, the person who is the monster, versus all of the regular players. And there's like a when you get the expansion, there's a hundred different monster scenarios, so it's endlessly replayable. It is incredible. They have a legacy version now. It's called Betrayal Legacy, so you can do one of those. You know, one of the ones where you like rip up cards and you you mark it forever. Betrayal on the House of the Hill makes it gives you all the fun of playing a horror movie. And it is really, really, really fun. There is nothing more interesting than like the haunt happening and then your friend has to take the manual the the monster manual literally and go to another room and read about what they're going to do and then you realize they're like a spider queen and they're trying to eat you at the same time that you guys are trying to run out of the mansion you've like placed and discovered like you you place the tiles so like oh why did i put the kitchen here there's right. a dead end shit uh yep. and i i love that and i think that they've really hit on something something that's kind of close to the the feeling of playing a tabletop RPG where you have like each character has different stats or things right. they're good at or are holding different items it really scratches that itch of uh, role playing with very clear rules a horror movie which I think yeah. is really cool it feels like that cooperative element to like is a big piece of of that fulfilling feeling of like creating a story together too. Absolutely. And you can like give your character fun voices and you guys can like work against each other if you want to mm-hmm. sometimes. It's it's really fun. And like I've played three games in a row sometime. Sometimes they're super quick and some of them are really long. Yeah. But sometimes I've I've played like three three games in a row. And yeah, it took like five hours. But each game was very different than the last one, which I thought was really, really nice. Also the yeah. expansion, I think everyone should get the expansion because it solves some of like the movement issues and then you get like fifty new scenarios, which is so you have a hundred different scenarios you get to play. I'm curious if there's something specific feelings wise that you go to board games for that you don't go to video games for since you do play both like what yeah. what what do you get out of video out of out of board games that you can't get out of a video game even like a multiplayer one where you are playing with other people I wonder if there's a difference between like having people to your house and meeting people at like a bar 
Because like if, when you mm. go to a bar mm. or you go to a restaurant or yeah. you or you're going to go do an activity in a place, you gotta f- go by their rules. You know, is like, hey, you're gonna go to the bar. You're gonna go to the. You're gonna buy these drinks. They're gonna be this price. You can't bring in outside alcohol or food. Probably, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if there's a game, there's gonna be their darts. You got to do it. And like, yeah, th- this bar that we went to is very fun. But sometimes you want to go to someone's house where like you feel a little more comfortable, where they're say- setting the rules, and then you get to like, I'm not gonna hang out in a bar for 12 hours, but I will hang out in my friend's apartment for like. 16 if we're grilling all day and we're hanging out and then we watch a movie and we do all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I feel like board games are achieving that that like homier feeling. Yeah. They're like you're doing something. Yeah, not necessarily in person because I know that there are virtual board game simulators that are actually very, very good and I, you need them sometimes. But yeah. the feeling of like opening something up and playing it with your friends without like – I don't know. There's there's kind of like a tactile feeling to it. There's like an analog mm-hmm. feeling that feels really good. And like, yeah, I feel this way about like you know really quick dice games or very very easy to play board games. All the way to something like playing Twilight Imperium with someone for twelve hours. You know, right. it's like you. These are the folks I I play board games with. You know, and I feel like yeah. um, maybe you feel the same way if you're someone who does like who has like a crew who does um escape rooms too or maybe mm-hmm. you feel the same way and i i do feel the same way of like people you play pick up basketball with it's like hey we're gonna go over to the gym and we're gonna go play that right it's like yeah. y- it's an in-person activity that you play with your friends who like doing the a very kind of specific thing i feel like video games even capital g gamers you know like how hardcore you get into it Mm-hmm. Video games have gotten really, really popular, and especially if we include like the apps that we have on our phones or more of a lightweight system like the Switch, which I love and has made me into like a appreciate video games as an adult again. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. like a lots of people play games and have video game consoles, but I don't know about how many folks play board games. Like it's a little bit more niche of a of a hobby, and then you yeah. have like your crew of people who play board games and you I want to talk that. about why cuz I think there's a really obvious reason sure. why and then I think there's a, there's some there's some feelings that are coming up for me right now that I want to talk about that might also have to do with it. I could be co- totally wrong on this. This is totally new a new thought. But the the uh, the obvious reason is the the barrier to entry is higher on a number of levels. You have to have a lot of people over which in the last few years has been almost impossible <laughs> to do. Right, yeah. Um th- you have to all learn the rules yes. and you have to have someone who's willing to enforce those rules. And you also have to have bl- big blocks of uninterrupted time. These are all things like I haven't had access to as a parent, right? Like sure. I haven't, it's been a long time since I've really played board games. My wife and I had a vacation where we went, we were able to get away together and play some two player things together. And it was a blast. Like I really loved it. Um, oh yeah, what were you playing? Two player games okay. are so rare. It's very yeah. you need to recommend two player games. Good two player games are hard to find. The ones we ended up playing was two player, uh, the fire fireman game. What's that called? Anyway, okay. it's a fireman game. Fog of Love. I don't know if you've heard about this game. I have. That one's is, a good one. Yeah, that game is wild and really fun to play, especially with your wife. Really interesting <laughs> experience. Um, and then we played a, a lot of Splendor. Oh, uh, Splendor's a, a great. go-to for us. Yeah, Splendor's yeah. great. Have you played a Seven Wonders Duel before? We tried it once, and for some reason didn't click with Jennifer. Um, mm. 
I, I probably would have tried it again, but if it doesn't click the first time, it's not going to happen. Splendor, she was like, let's play seven more times. <laughs> um, I don't know what happened with the Seven Wonders duel. It might have just been a bad circumstance. But. I think you need to be a person who played a lot of Civilization at some time in your life. Right. And that's yes. on me for playing so much Civ 4. I got really yeah. into Seven Wonders Duel and Seven Wonders in general. Um, just the idea of like, yeah, I have the Taj Mahal now. Thank you. I do get points mm -hmm. for having that. It definitely scratches that itch like as someone who got way into the just one more turn phase like in yeah. college and stuff. Like Exactly. Yeah. It, it felt like, oh, it's that feeling. Uh, I love that. But th there's that barrier to entry. I sure. think as you're talking, one of the things I'm thinking about that are really required to have a good time in a board game, not to play them, but to have a good time playing a board game mm -hmm. is the feeling of, for lack of a better term, this is a pretty good term, psychological safety. Sure. Um, you really have to have that feeling. And I sometimes struggle to have that feeling in situation in certain situations, right? Yeah. Um, and th that th the point of the bar versus your house, I'm going to feel comfortable in situations where it's at my house. I'm, I'm a control freak in that way sometimes. Like I need to, I need to be the one choosing the game. Sure. I need to be the one explaining the rules and we need to agree to follow the rules as they are. Like I was cringing during that episode of uh, ga uh, Games and Feelings that you guys did where you were like, just make up rules. It, like it doesn't matter what the real rules are. I'm like, but we all need to agree. Like agree Everyone, yeah, but you have to agree on the rules. You got uh, yeah, all to I, do it like, I got what you guys are saying, but I was also like, the rules are the rules. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because for me, Everyone agreeing on something in the room is actually a fraught circumstance sure. for me personally. There can be pressure to agree or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like th that all comes to mind as we talk about this because it's like with video games, I don't have to. Some of this is just introversion or uh, being an empathetic person or something. I don't know. But like there are a lot of things that are going through my head uh, that are feeling like red flags in certain board game situations, tabletop situations. Do, sure. do, do, does that resonate with you at all? I understand what you're getting at, especially yeah. tabletop. Listen, the thing that you're saying is true. It's like you really got to rely on each other, and then you're going to make my, – my friend started playing D&D &D for the first time, and she was like uh, – they're playing like a pirate-themed thing and she yeah. she told us all the time she was so mad at her friend because they like her the pirate ship was coming up to an island and they didn't want to tell people they were pirates that was like the main thing and then her friend mm -hmm. was like we're not very good pirates don't worry and she was like oh why would she do that why would she say that i'm like that happens in D, &D all the time like you can't yes, control yes. what other people do because also people throw out uh throw like common sense out the door but also people will just do the thing that they do and for board games i see that similarly and like video games in two different ways i think i've set up whether intention one way intentionally but other way just from communal understanding that like you can do something by yourself or you're kind of like excusing it i mean it's all digital you know and you can use digital communication to be as intimate as you'd like but also you can kind of blame it for not intimacy or using yeah. it to be to have remove for example everyone you get match <laughs> you do matchmaking with in video games there's like a 99 percent chance they're going to be terrible right is yeah. and like yeah well i can't say that about my friend who's coming over i do know them so it's kind of like the relationship is already there and you gotta like 
figure that out. But at the same time, it's like, you know, video games can, you can decide whether to do multiplayer or campaign mode or whatever with the game that you're playing while board games require other folks. So I guess I do like spending time with other people a lot or as much as I can. I definitely feel that way and I don't always want to play a board game. I play video games plenty. I love playing single player campaigns. But if I want to do something with someone else or if I want to participate in a storytelling activity like I am with tabletop RPGs, I will do that and I will seek that out. I do think board games require a social element. And, you know, that it think, is what it is. And you can turn do, you have the modularity of that with video games for sure. It's it's heightened. Right. It, as I think back to some of my worst board game experiences, there were people that they were clarifying moments. Mm-hmm. They clarified relationships for me. Right. Mm-hmm. I still remember a bad Catan experience with game pieces thrown across the room and sure. being like, I don't think I want to hang out with this guy anymore. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, th- those kinds of things happen. And also, like, the last time I played Catan was with some of our my wife and I's be- very best friends, and it just cemented our relationship in, in a, a very real way. One of the best, frankly, game experiences I've had in a really long time. So I think one of the things I'm, I may be working through and processing, I'm just using this as an opportunity. This is counseling for me. Please, yeah, yeah, hit me with it. <laughs> one of the – usually, like, the guest is going through counseling. This is me – Using your expertise and advice column, uh, veteran, see, to help me work through some of this. Wait, I got to come up with your advice name now is like. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can you can think about that and, and maybe drop it on us at the end. It's it, um, you're, you're introverted into into games or something like that. That seems right. That's that's right. That's yeah. right. So I, one let, of me, the let me point something I'm, out. Let me let me ask you something here. Mm-hmm. Did you feel this way before the pandemic or do you are you like acknowledging you are talking to me in the year of our Lord 2022 yeah. talking about board games and the prospect of playing board games currently or are you kind of like both. oh it's both it's, for it's sure. a, a most to be honest I haven't played in a long time significantly I, I think I just told you all the times I've played in mm-hmm. the recent past which is that that Catan with our best friends and me and my wife two player. Um, oh, and I had some guys over, like, just from church or whatever that sure. came and, and we played a game. Actually, that was pretty fantastic. We played the dumb Star Wars poker game, which oh. is, like, fine. <laughs> Someone wanted to play it. And we uh, we played kind of a meaningless chips in and out sort of version of Star, Star Wars For poker. Sure. And it was just like an uh, – it was clear that it didn't matter. Here's what, here's what I was going to say is, like, I'm a person who has always believed that the best thing about – games Mm -hmm. is that they matter but they do not matter at all oh for sure right yeah when everyone's not on the same page about those two things and know exactly what that means like it can get very dicey very quick which is what happened with that Catan game with the pieces thrown across the room for him it mattered too much I've played games with my wife where she's just not into it and couldn't listen to the rules and the game didn't matter at all to her right um and in those two circumstances it can be a real bummer and a stress on the relationship. And I think what I'm wondering about is like, those are stakes. Mm-hmm. Like going into a game where those two things are out of whack are create real emotional stakes. Mm-hmm. And that can, that can, that can like psych me out a little, a little bit, you know? 
Richard, I'm sorry to do this to you, but welcome to the human experience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything you're yeah. saying, I'm like, yeah, dude, that feels like right. all things. I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. It, it is funny. I feel like video games, and this is kind of what I was touching on before, is like, Video games have this excuse where it's just for gamers and we're just like the the men who participate in games that trick themselves that they're not enjoy interacting with like any sort of creative or emotional things in their entire life. They're like, mm-hmm. no, man, I just mow down zombies when I play COD. Like, what do you mean? I just play Modern Warfare <laughs> with my bros. Um, and like, yeah, <laughs> like I, whatever you say, if you, you're not interacting with with feelings at all, I guess. So I feel like there's kind of this cloak we can put over video games. It's like, no, it's just this thing we're doing. It's just we're just playing video games. It's nothing. But you know, it's all, especially when you add more humans into the mix, it becomes part of the human experience as we participate in all things. So I'm with you. I feel you, and yep. the the fact that those things are clarified definitely makes a lot of sense. Is you you're doing something that doesn't have stakes but has stakes with a bunch of people and then they reveal themselves because they're too busy thinking about the game to hold up the 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 whatever shield or whatever thing that they do in regular talking society they kind of drop yeah. it for a second because they're playing a game for sure i think that's heightened even more so now in 2022 because mm-hmm. everything feels so much higher stakes than it did 2 years ago right yeah or three three years ago, in that like every human interaction is precious. I don't know when I'm going to see you again necessarily. Do I want to spend my time doing this? Am I interested in revealing parts of myself and seeing parts of you during this? And we're going to play this game, which is supposed to be fun at the same time. It, yeah, it gets really complicated, but we do it anyway because what's the the the, the other the other thing the thing we would do instead is nothing and then our lives atrophy and get terrible like it has over yeah. the last two years two plus yeah. years so it's like either we we confront the thing that we don't like and we sometimes make have some fun or we don't <laughs> do it because it's safe but it also eventually hurts us in the long run because our 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 brains and our ability to like have fun has atrophied so let me ask you this so the other day i was playing i might as well name the game i was playing life is strange true colors oh yeah and just weeping that game is a lot i was just crying during that game yeah have you ever cried during a board game oh good question not a board game no um because a board game i i don't think a board game is trying to do Mm -hmm. the emotional work that a video game or sometimes when you're the story you're telling in a tabletop RPG is going to do board yeah. games are like, we're going to play this game. You're going to have this experience and it's usually about competition or fun or whatever. So I get mm-hmm. that less from board games. I'm trying to think if I've cried from tabletop RPGs. I've definitely made other people cry. Yeah. Do it. Um, because of not because I like yelled at them or whatever, but uh-huh. For like story Just reasons, I definitely so had. Yeah, <laughs> you rolled so, so for, terribly. For You're you suck. You're terrible. But I de- <laughs> I definitely did it for story reasons. Um, yeah, interesting. And I want to think from video games. I don't know video. Ga- I don't know if a video game has pushed me to that level. Like yeah. that. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine I've participated in, or I can't really imagine a board game doing that to me. 
you know? Yeah, same. Yeah. For me, it has everything to do about what we've been talking about, which I'm, not, I'm just not comfortable c- crying in front of anyone, much less sure. like a group of people in a board game. Um, and so that, that feels weird. But also, like, it feels a little mo- bit more abstracted and, like, right. you know, I, maybe in maybe in Dungeons and Dragons, like in the right circumstance or something. But sure, I mean, you get there, especially after you play a bunch of sessions with your character. You get really tied to it, and people invest a lot of their own feelings into yeah. these characters that they've created. They're just really extensions of themselves, trying to explore this thing that right. they don't get to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, people get really very wrapped up in it. I'm usually the one DMing or GMing, depending on the, the game that I'm playing. So like. I personally am not crying, but I definitely yeah. am reaching around in someone's feelings trying to make them cry sometimes. Uh-huh. But, like, in yeah. a good way, in a very good way that someone is very happy that they got to do. Yeah. have I'm um, Board games are seem to me to be primarily focused on, like, this these relational emotions, yes. right? Like, that's, I think, what they really excel at is generating these relational emotions. And I'm curious... If, I think the obvious ones are like joy or sure. um, camaraderie or even trust to some extent. I'm curious if you've seen like love generated through board games in, in, in like an intentional mechanic sort of way. Not like we play board games for so long we love each other now, but like have you seen that feeling conjured up no but i would say that the thing you just said that it what it didn't do we play board games so much we love each other is kind of what they're trying to what board games are trying to do it's funny it's like it's like board games are so much more of a shared to a shared genre to me is like we're kind Mm -hmm. of all work we're working to do the same thing right it's like we are using physical pieces to play a game and there might be a board or there might be cards or something but we're all doing it together i think that they're those games are kind of a little bit more unified than the vast uh anything that can be video games everyone's game is going to be a little bit different when you talk about tabletop rpgs because you're telling your own story so I think it it's kind of like like what I was saying about sports and what I was saying about escape rooms or doing an activity together is like you have your board game crew, right? Is like I think there's always everyone playing a board game. I think when someone and if you're there are board game designers out there, please tell me otherwise. I feel like the model players for board games are going to be a group of 3 to 6 people who all care about each other and want to work together or work against each other, but are excited to participate in that action, in that activity. And I think that's the ideal. Like, that's very much the ideal possibility that, like, what board games are working towards. I was thinking, I also think that board games have the ability to transcend the frustration that you might have about playing with somebody else, like, competitively, and I think that it comes out a lot from video games or from, like, trading card games. Like, um, the, the game I was talking about, uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse, is a fixed card game with, like, the, where you, you, you have a deck that represents a particular superhero. And you have a yep. bunch of decks and a bunch of people who are cooperative and are playing against the villain deck and the environment deck to, like, save and save a thing. Here's the fun thing about Sentinels of the Multiverse. It's based on a fake lineage of comic books made by a fake third-party 
like third massive publisher. Like there's Marvel and DC and oh, Sentinel Comics. So yeah. they're so ever since the '60s, they have this tradition of these comics, these Sentinel comics with these superheroes that the cards are based on. Which is really funny. Which is really really funny. So like uh-huh. the thing, what it is doing though, it's scratching the Magic the Gathering and Hearthstone itch in my brain of playing a trading card game. But I don't have to spend a kajillion dollars because I'm playing like the fixed thing that they've put here, and I really yeah. really love the the skin that they've wrapped this in. This comic book thing, these superheroes, the uh, the environment plus. Uh, vi- plus um, villain, and then you, you have these cooperative decks. I've played like three myself. I've played three heroes myself, and just like played it by myself sometimes, which has been really yeah. fun. And then they have like a video game version of the card game, which is really helpful for adding up like points and and math and stuff. So I wonder if like the thing that they're trying to do is they're try- again form following function is they're trying to yeah. let you play a card. A, either you want to participate in a superhero story and you get to play a card game, a, a deck builder, or it's not a deck builder. It's like a one of the like a trading card game esque type thing b- using the game system that they've put together. Um, right. And they let they let you do that. Like they're, they, it's very like I said, form following function. They very much want you to achieve this thing that they've set up for you, which is yep. fun, competition, trust etc. I want to ask you about the role of negative emotions in games. And sure. one of the reasons I find this, I mean, you mentioned competitiveness a bit. Yeah. My approach to board games is always like, I'm just as happy to lose in a really fascinating way than, than win, you know, winning is great, yeah. but no fun if no one else is happy. And like losing is awesome. If like someone comes from behind at the last second and in a fair way and, and destroys me like that. Sure. That is great. Um, the, there are other like negative emotions that are sort of conjured up though in board games. And one of the things like, I don't know why I like these, but something I really enjoy is these, these ones framed around deceit. Um, oh, sure. This idea of like, you know, um, coup and um, the shadows over Camelot is one that I've had great experiences with though. Those get real. Those can get real, real fast. Cause people can, people can appear shady and then that's just really hurtful if it's not true. You know what I mean? Um, I'm curious, like, what you think is the value of trying to, like, outwit, essentially, to steal sure. a survivor term, um, one another and sort of deceive one another in that way? Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking about Werewolf, too. I think Sheriff of mm-hmm. Nottingham does a really good job of getting around it. It's kind of like one a game like that where you need to lie to someone, but someone plays, like, the Sheriff of Nottingham and you're trying to, like, smuggle illegal stuff past him so like everyone needs to play like the goofy sheriff of nottingham and that kind of switches around a lot i remember reading like an am i the asshole post once of like (laughs) them playing werewolf and like someone's girlfriend like grew up in a kind of very sheltered upbringing and she like had never played any games like that and also put a lot of like stock into lying and like telling the truth and how important it is to tell the truth and then of course like they played werewolf and she was into it until like her boyfriend lied to her and then she lost all trust in him and i'm like Mm -hmm. come on like the games are we're trying to play we're trying to have fun i'm not gonna lie to you in person and then she was like i you were so good at lying i can never trust you and i'm like (laughs) 
then why are we doing this? Then why did you participate in this only time that you get to lie to someone and it's not breaking your relationship? Like that's the question, though. That is the question. Why? No, I think I think it's but we made the space. Games are spaces for us to participate and do something. I think that like that is required. If you are in lying games are good because it gives outlets for people to let out the, the nefarious parts of themselves. So it's it's like a catharsis a little bit. Definitely. I thought the thing you were going to say are the bad feelings of feeling stupid. That's honestly the biggest feeling and how much that feeling yeah. of like, do, do people think I'm smart or do people think I'm stupid? Mm. It motivates so much. Because like, if you're yeah. playing a board game, and I'm not saying this about like all you cool all you cool NFL players that also love Dungeons and Dragons. Like this is excludes you. You're very you're a very small group of people. Like the wrestlers <laughs> who like also are in like a not a, Joe Manganiello. Get get out of here. I'm not talking about you. The majority of the people who play board games are people who uh, you know we participate in the world using our brains. And it's important to us about that people think that we're smart and capable and stuff. So, like, I think board games are definitely a, a situation for people to flex on each other and to make other people look stupid and them look great by winning or lying yeah. or that combination. I don't – that's not, like, a thing for me. I don't love – I'm not a well-actually person. Like, I, I know so <laughs> many nerds are. I'm, I'm just not right. – um, Maybe because I'm too busy trying to make a joke instead, and that's what I care about more. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've definitely seen that the competitiveness and knowing all the rules and being a rules lawyer as, like, funneling into, like, the ego of nerds wanting people to think that they're smart and cool and capable. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's the thing that kind of makes everyone have a worse time if you're using that for your own self-aggrandizement as opposed to like everyone having fun and it's not to say that they don't do that in video games but i feel like in video games it's more like sports how it's like yeah it's there's no ambiguity of whether or not you fired an arrow and it hit the bullseye you know what i mean which is the same thing as like well i just got 20 kills and my kd ratio is sick i'm good at this game you know what i mean but yeah. in board games it, it, because we're it is part of the human existence and, and experience and everything is a little malleable and we got to learn the rules together and there's not like a referee necessarily i feel like that that provides a real big opportunity for nerds to flex on each other and to like put down others have you have you ever gotten angry uh, playing a board game? Oh like- yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I was like super competitive. I'm I'm a twin, so I there mm-hmm. I always had like a person who I was competing against, and I always had someone to play against <laughs> in, in that way. I'm so glad that's true. I've always projected that onto twins, and it's good to have that. Confirmed. It's not I, I it's not even like in the I'm saying this in like the, the basic facts way, not in like the emotional yeah. way. Like literally, I always have someone who is my age who I can play <sighs> against. I, whether we're playing Mario Kart, whether we're playing basketball, etc. You know, like there's always I always have someone to play with, you know, and that can be yeah. competitive in that way. Um, yeah. So like and I, I got very competitive and I think I'm pretty good at games. So I think that the thing you were saying about people who don't care are people who choose not to understand the rules and then like fuck it up real hard. That would <laughs> that made me mad a lot. Uh, and like. Not even losing necessarily. At this point, I feel like as a game designer and a DM myself, 
I feel like I like facilitating and coming up with games more than participating yeah. in them anymore. So um, I get I I get angry when people disregard the rules and then are in. I get angry when people disregard the rules and then get mad at me because they didn't know the rules. Again, another right. time that people are are upset that someone is making them feel stupid and then they lash out. Okay, so the last thing we're gonna do what we do on all these episodes yeah. on on all the show. So we're gonna do the feelings wheel. We're gonna spin it. And there's 82 feelings on this feelings wheel. Ooh. Um, this is a there's a, this is a, a thing they use in counseling to help you name your feelings. It can start with an inner circle of like that seven obvious sure. emotions. Do you want me to roll? I can roll two D. I can roll a D100. <laughs> is that well, for this more tactile? I don't have them numbered. It's literally just like an internet wheel. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if you so, wanted me to be fully tactile for the bonus. No, that would have been awesome if I'd planned for that. I have. But, I have uh, dice. I have dice right here. But you please spin the wheel. <laughs> All right. So the the emotion is powerless. Mm. What is a board game that has made you feel powerless? Oh, they, I have a good one. Okay, this is called Ghost Stories. When you are playing a game where it's you against the game, it's really it is very difficult. Um, and yep. it's there are some board games that are incredibly incredibly hard. The rules are a little ambiguous, but Ghost Stories are basically you're playing a, a, some monks who are fighting evil yokai and demons and it's you against the board game in in this right. way right so like i remember playing this with uh, an old girlfriend and, and her friends and we kept losing really quickly and i think it's because we were doing some sort of like s the summoning of the ghosts we weren't doing properly and we were doing it too fast and i we could not figure out why we were losing and then like it takes a lot of extensive research on like board game reddit online in forums to figure out what exactly they mean because like you can't patch uh you can't patch a, a manual you know what i mean uh -huh. like you got to look yeah. it up so i think that there are, whenever you're playing a game and you don't really understand the rules that well and especially for these difficult ones um you you 100% feel powerless especially cuz you bought the board game so you could feel challenged and then eventually beat it Right. Is that a feeling that you enjoy? Yes. To an extent. Yeah. I What I like about board games more than I like escape rooms is that, like, I can play it multiple times or I can, like, take another crack at it while I have mm -hmm. to go back to the escape room and, like, get them. And I'm going to have to, like, do another escape room. Or It's like when you do an escape room, it's, like, single use, right? It's like, well, I only got through 70% yeah. of this, but it's because the clues that you did at the end with, like, these, these uh, uh, those, like, invisible, sh those, in sh those sheets you put on a, a projector that it was supposed to give me a clue, you made that bad. That didn't say LMNOP. That said three, five, so you, you did bad Sharpie. But, of course, I can't play that again because I already know the majority of the clues. So it's like a board game is enough. I do get to have multiple cracks at a board game. The problem is yeah. I'm the one who wants to play the game the most. So it's, it will be hard for me to, like, get that crew again to, like, play six hours in a row. But then again, then I see someone else play, like, Twilight Imperial with the other friends and I'm like I want to play Twilight Imperium invite me I want to do that <laughs> so it's uh you know it's it's complicated it board games are very much the distillation of the human experience down into oh, in and it really makes it sticky and complicated I mean my whole my whole life this is like 
this is like my whole life has been running from feelings because they 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 are too much sometimes you know what i mean like um that is the yin and yang of my personal personality and i think that that impacts the way i feel about board games so much because they are such a uh concentrate yeah. <laughs> concentration of those relational emotions that we can feel um, I, I but I like that feeling the, on the subjects of powerless. I like that feeling of we're all feeling the same thing and we're all on the same page that we're all feeling powerless at once. And we're in this together. That's a good feeling. It is. And then when you, when someone cracks it and you get it, you feel, you feel absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny talking about games with you. And that's why I like doing games and feelings is that we get to just like talk about games abstractly. It's like, I spend so much of my time, turning my love of games and making games into content <laughs> in that like i i get to, i miss out on some of this stuff like i feel like it's whether i'm prepping for something we're playing on join the party or mm-hmm. um like coming up with a game which is in games and feelings or in another show that i'm working on which has like a board game bent to it like i really love doing it and showing it to people but at the same time is like it is really hard making a game that considers a third unplaying entity, which is the audience. You know what I mean? Mm. And mm. Uh, it's hard to move away from that or think about that. But at the same time, I do a lot of, you know, my games involve making other people laugh and enjoy it who aren't participating. And I feel like you got to cheat, you know, the, the theater, you have to, you, you don't usually stand this way, but you got to cheat towards the audience. Like there's a lot of that. And I feel like that's kind of like gotten in my brain a little bit. Maybe that's like content brain, but at the same time is like, yeah. at least I, I do know how to perform and it's fun making games that people, that everyone enjoys, whether you're playing it or just watching it. I think what you're saying res- is going to resonate with a lot of people. There's a reason Bo Burnham is so popular right now, like Inside was so popular. Yeah, it's, it's because a lot of people six are foot, struggling with he's that six dichotomy foot six. right there. I, I thought yeah. it was because Bo's six foot six. Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, a lot of people are struggling with this idea that we're, that we're all performing for an audience, right? right? Um, but that <clears throat> the, the idea that you enjoy powerless is fascinating to me because you're a person who's chosen – to be in power in a lot of situations. I mean, there's, there's a number of uh, analogous situations where uh, you're, you're leading these games, you're running these games, Mm -hmm. you're, you're hosting these podcasts. You're the, the, now you're like relinquishing that to come on this podcast. You're relinquishing that sometimes to be a part of those games. Do those feel like respites? Does Does that feel like rest or does that feel like, uh, I don't know about this because for me, it's usually the second thing. Honestly, sure. I, I usually come away feeling like very, having felt very uncomfortable with those things. I'm curious if, if it feels more like rest or like you're uh, taking a risk. Well, I want to, I think I, if I address something you said earlier, this will help with my yeah. answer. Is that like the position of being a DM or a GM or a game designer or a game runner in this way? I think it's more of a, a position of service. I was a high school English teacher right when I got out of college and I, I got my master's in English in English education. I was a camp counselor for a very long time. Um, yep. And I feel like those are positions of service because the although the microphone might be in your hand, the you're if no one's here for you you're here right. because you are facilitating their fun the students mm-hmm. or or the students education the campers fun the players fun right yeah. and i find that i'm very good at that so i would like to facilitate that and make that make that 
be the case. Do I also want people to think I'm good at it and therefore think I'm a cool, cool guy? Yeah, 100%. But I, it's it's funny. Now when, I, when I'm a player, whether in a game or in a, at a tabletop RPG um, whether or a tabletop RPG show, whether whether I'm a player of a game, whether it's recorded or not, or when I'm a guest on someone else's show, I feel a lot of responsibility to make their time mm. as good as possible. Like whenever I guest yeah. as a pod, because I lucky me, I'm a full time podcaster, right? Like this is yeah. my this is my. We're recording this at two at three p.m. on a Monday. Thank God, mm-hmm. right? Like that's so. I'm. I love that. That makes me so happy that I get to do this during the day. I want to make your experience as good as possible. So, like, I know how to record myself. My levels are okay. I'm ready to go. I'm gonna give you good yeah. content. And maybe. And when I play a game, I guess I feel that responsibility more than I feel competitive, or I want the attention to be on me, which I, which is why people play games is that they want to win or they want attention which is fine humans want that i, I don't mean that derisively i mean that truly uh-huh. so like maybe i i've lost the taste for that a little bit less because i've spent so much time running and i want the other person who is in the position of service to have a good time or to have yeah. a or to achieve the most possible because I, i'm being a team player that was an interview with eric silver He's the host of Games and Feelings. You can find out more at gamesandfeelings.com. He's also the head of creative at Multitude, a podcast collective. Find out more about that at multitude.productions. And he's the host of Join the Party, an actual play podcast. Season two is coming soon. Stay tuned. If you like this podcast, follow us on Twitter at VidGameFeelings. And of course, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Video Game Feelings is an Area Code production. You can find out more at AreaCodeAudio.com. It's produced, written, and hosted by me, Richard Clark. Associate producer is Ashley Whitehurst. Our theme music is by Bruce Holtman. This is an Area Code podcast.